Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Civil Discourse, a podcast dedicated to politics on a local, global, and national scale. But before we get started, I just want to remind you guys that the Student Spin Podcast is a sister media here at the Six Mile Post newspaper with Georgia Highlands College in Rome, Georgia. The views on this podcast do not represent those of the Six Mile Post or Georgia Highlands College. How are you doing today, Damien? I'm so good. How are you? I'm great. You know, uh, I am... Working through some stuff, getting ready for finals, uh, getting ready to be off for a week for Thanksgiving uh, from school. What about you? Um, honestly, same here. Um, I really don't get much of a Thanksgiving break because of my actual job. And I've got extra credit assignments due next week because professors hate me, apparently. Um, so, yeah, I'm in the same boat you are. Excellent, excellent, or not excellent, depending on how many extra credit assignments you have to do. Forget you, that is not excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Forget you. Thank you, CeeLo Green. I didn't know you were a guest on this week's episode. You know, I wrote that song. I was a contributor. When you were, were what, 11? I was a talented, I was a child prodigy, and I, he, (laughs) he reached out to me and I wrote part of it. I hate you so much. Yeah, it was one of my biggest hits. What are some of your others? I was very instrumental in, and people really don't know this, I wrote um, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Okay. I that. Okay. Uh, I um, Hate You Maybe One More Time by Britney Spears. That was one of mine. Okay. Um, Firework by Katy Perry. I wrote that one. Okay. And then um, CeeLo Green. You just wrote CeeLo Green? <laughs> His entire discography I had a hand in in some way, shape, form. Okay, great. I love that journey for you. It was my second favorite unpaid gig. Well, I'm glad you have such a such an extensive discography in writing. But and oh, ooh, 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 okay. So I was going to save this for last so we could talk about it, but I guess we can talk about it now. Since you mentioned "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time," we're going to talk about Britney's conservatorship. I I wanted to save this for the end, but we'll do it here. Um, Because I think, you know, it's really cool to talk about. The article's titled, Britney's Battle with an Enduring Consequence of the Cruel Celebrity Gossip Era and Why We Should Never Let It Happen Again. It was written by A.J. Willingham of CNN and was updated at 9.34 on Sunday, November 14th. And it's basically talking about, I'm I'm just going to give you a brief summary because I want your opinion on it. You know, we always do that. So it's, the article talks about 2000s gossip culture and gossip magazines and how it contributed to Britney's conservatorship and nobody doing anything about it and why she's just not being freed from her conservatorship. Like, my main question is, what do you think about her conservatorship ending? What do you think about uh, the rule, like, the, the roles that gossip and social media play in politics and... Uh, because it's really timely to talk about that aspect of social media as well when we live in a when we live in a political climate where so much of it is charged by that element. And um, also there are people that are actively still in conservatorships, but people are only like just now seeing how bad they can be because of Britney. And like, what do you think that Britney shining a light on this bad conservatorship aspect will do for other people? But there were like 75 questions in that. I'm going to try my best to answer all of them. Um, well, first and foremost, I think it was a good thing that it ended because for the last, what, 11, 12, 13 years, for quite a while now, um, Britney's been put through just an absolute nightmare of a conservatorship. I don't think she, was, I don't think she had access to her own money or social media. Um, she couldn't vote. She couldn't drive. I think she lost custody of her kids. They wouldn't allow her to see those either. 
just something no human deserves to be in, honestly. I think it's a fantastic thing that uh, that it ended. I think social media is a double-edged sword, to be honest, because it was kind of social media that pushed, like with the Free Britney movement, it was kind of social media that pushed to have it ended in the first place. And it undoubtedly played a huge role in ending the conservatorship. But I think another problem with social media is that unfortunately, everybody gets voice, which sounds like it would be a really good thing, but you have such a proliferation of misinformation. And it just, especially in terms of politics, I think we saw misinformation play a huge role in the last election. So I think it's good that everybody gets a chance to spread their voice, but unfortunately it does have a bunch of negative consequences, even if it does something positive like ending Britney's conservatorship. I agree. I agree. I think that so much of what's happened in her life, as well as other people who have gone through conservatorships, goes unnoticed just because people think that the way they have to present on the outside is happy because that's how everything looks. You only see like the tiniest of red flag. My red flag for me personally with her was the amount of like concern that I had started when like I noticed her TikToks were like a little all over the place. And that was just like something for me where I was like, you know, maybe like things aren't really the best. And then I watched both of the documentaries they released about her. I thought, dear God, why is this woman being controlled in such a way that's like not her own and not her own breathing spirit? That that brings another story up. Her story is kind of a segue point for this main story that I want to talk with you about. And it's uh, titled, Ex-Trump Advisor Michael Flynn's Call for One Religion in the U.S. Garners Swift Condemnation. And it was written by Paul LeBlanc. I've talked about Paul LeBlanc before. He's a CNN correspondent. And this story was updated as of 12.46 p.m. Monday, November 15th. So it basically says that former Trump National Security Advisor Michael Flynn is calling for one religion in the U.S., saying... And I quote, you know, we have one nation under God. Why not one religion under God? Like, get it all out of the way. Get it over, done with, uh, you know, just everybody worship God. I have a few problems with that. My main one being that the First Amendment of the Constitution is the freedom to religion, meaning everybody within the country can worship however they please, no matter what religion you believe in. And I want to get your take on this, um, because I also think that I think that church and state should and need to continually be separated. I don't think that they need this blending together like everybody's talking about. Certain people are blending them in and being like, oh, this needs to happen together for X, Y, Z reason, like church and state need to go together. But the more it goes together, you know, uh, from my personal opinion, the more that we like, we're already having such a battle, like with little things like teaching. And this is not me condemning religious beliefs or views. This is not what I'm saying. Um, But I am going to talk about the fact that we have a hard time teaching evolution in schools. We have a hard time teaching critical race theory, which is bringing the truth to history from like, rather than just whitewashing it and painting all those pieces away. And if we have that problem now, I think that if you put the church and the state together, that just further like evolves into that bigger problem. I agree. Church and state do definitely need to be separated. I think that was something that um, the founders tried to make very clear from the very beginning of our country. I would probably take it a step further. And I think if we're going to have a complete separation of church and state, I would remove any sort of reference to any sort of God or deity from anything having to do with the government. So like currency, I'd remove it from that. Um, I don't think it should be in the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't think federal buildings or state buildings should be allowed to have any sort of religious ideology spread throughout their buildings. Like I know in Alabama where I'm from, it was uh, 
common to have the Ten Commandments on the steps of a courthouse. Okay. I don't think that should be allowed. Okay. Um, just because I think while the First Amendment does provide for all of us to have the ability to worship religion and to practice religion any way we want to, it also protects people who don't want to do that. And I think if you're truly going to separate the two, you have to separate it completely. When I was growing up, I, I had a friend who took me to his church before every sermon, they would say the Pledge of Allegiance because they believed in that coincidence of the church and state. And it was really weird to watch because that's the only time it would be involved. And then they would go about their sermon, their regular whatever, and which is fine. It's not, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. It's just, we talked, like we talked about this on previous podcasts where, you know, so much of politics has become charged by what people think and feel um, rather than just looking at the core facts of everything. If you add religion into it, it's another element that can cause chaos and if not um, emotional, physical destruction, because I can remember at the beginning of Black Lives Matter and when COVID was at the height of everything, when statues were getting toppled, people wanted to evoke religious rights and other things as to why the racist statues should stay where they are. You have that extreme side of things that also I, I, I don't feel should be a question it should just be like, here's the direct answer. And here's why we either are doing it or not doing it. And um, it gets muddy, especially when you put religion into it. Yeah. I mean, and let's be real. Most of the prejudices that we, that exist in current society come in some way, shape or form from religion. They're either created by religion or they're proliferated and spread from a religion. Whether it's against people of another race, like the KKK used religion to justify what they were doing. Slaveholders used to use religion to justify what they were doing, whether it's against gay people or even people of other religions that aren't the same as yours. Most of that in some way stems from a religion or some sort of religious belief, whether it's fundamentalism or another word translation or version of a religion. And I don't think that's something you want mixing with the government. No, absolutely not. And it, it, it baffles me as well that like believe believe however you want to politically believe as long as it's not harmful to others as i say this statement it baffles me as well that a president of the united states and it talks about this in the article as well that a president of the united states could have someone this close to him saying this kind of stuff because in 2017 flynn also openly admitted to lying to the fbi about his in like his involvement with Russia's then ambassador. And so if you have somebody who lies like that, if you have somebody who openly admits to it, if you have somebody who just, you know, has these off, like this isn't the first outlandish thing he said, and it certainly won't be the last, but you have someone who's saying these outlandish things and they're that close to the president and that president is entertaining it regardless of who they are. If it, even if Joe Biden himself was doing this and there's not everything that I agree with that he does, but you know, He's who I voted for. The fact that that someone who is supposed to be running our country and leading it the best way they know how to, that's what's the closest to him. That's alarming. That's concerning. And furthermore, why are you letting those kinds of people run the country? I think the last the answer to that last question is obvious. But let's also be real. Trump became a Christian two seconds before he ran for president because he knew that the evangelical vote was a huge faction of the Republican Party. And so in order for him to win the presidency... He faked being a Christian to appeal to those people. That way they would vote for him. Um, so I don't think it's surprising that Michael Flynn said something like that. And I definitely don't think it's surprising that he was that close to Trump. Because, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) 
you are ridiculous. Um, but no, 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 no. It's it's an interesting conversation to have, especially when you're. Um, you can't really have this conversation today. I feel you can't have. Um, you can't have yourself and somebody else having an agreeable mutual conversation with each other um, about something as big as this without it blowing up into an all out fight because of how politically charged it is when it shouldn't be. Like I'm a firm, I personally am a firm believer that everybody and everyone has the right to believe that they want, as long as it's not harmful mentally, physically, or emotionally to other people. And obviously all three of those things won't happen all the time. Sometimes you think things to yourself that just shouldn't go out into the public, but it also begs the question, like, is there a way where we can get where conservative and liberal people and libertarian and middle, middle fork of the road, whatever you want to call it can exist together. Um, And I'm not sure we'll ever see that point. Are you talking about politically or do you, are you talking just about religion specifically? I think a little bit of both, because like I said, even though we talk about like I personally, and you, you also have said in this podcast, you know, wanting that separation, sometimes those things don't separate. And so wanting them both kind of goes hand in hand, I believe. Well, to the religious aspect of that, you can't really have a set of disagreements when it comes to religion if none of you can admit that there is no empirical truth behind religion and that it is a faith-based system of knowledge and that it's not based on any sort of fact. (laughs) There's nothing verifiable or observable or empirically true about religion. So until you can get to that point and until people can agree to that at least, I don't know if I exactly want a middle-of-the-road conversation about religion because anything besides that is just irrational to me. Okay. I mean, I mean, that's fair. That's also like, I think that's also what's really interesting about you and I, in terms of like that dynamic, like you and I have differing opinions of religion and what we've like been brought up to believe and what we believe now. And I think it's really interesting that we're able, you and I are able to have this conversation back and forth and um, have a mutual understanding of each other. Yeah. I mean, I was raised Christian as I'm assuming you were. Yeah. Which is, kind of yeah Yeah. which is kind of the exact reason that i'm not a christian today is because i was raised in it and not everybody takes that path and not everybody veers as far off the bike as i have very clearly (laughs) um (laughs) but i did and i chose to believe more in verifiable truth and science and the knowledge that we can gain from that instead of any sort of faith-based um knowledge Absolutely. And that's your, like, according to the First Amendment, that's your right to. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, you know, one that I think should be respected both ways. I respect people for religious because I get it. Religion provides a great comfort for people. Um, It helps people through hard times. It gives people something to believe in. It gives their existence some sort of purpose, which I think is ultimately what everybody's looking for. Um, so I respect it, but I also want people of religious faiths to respect my belief that, you know, I'm not a religious person. Absolutely. And I think if we can get to like, just at least that point of respect, we'll all be in a much better place. Yeah. Yeah. Easier said than done. 
Uh, I mean, you know, everything's easier said than done, much like uh, me getting out of bed before 12 p.m. Um, oh, my God. I Look, Wait. look, the morning is tough. That one early episode that we recorded for them, I we had to. It was our right as podcast hosts, but boy, was it tough. On the opposite end, this one's incredibly late, which is where I tend to zone out. I tend to be the most thriving at this time. And I know that you said you were zoning well, out. One of us was an hour late today. I'm not going to name names, but it wasn't me. Oh, no, it absolutely was you. And I don't appreciate you saying that on the podcast. I was, you were late. I was not late. <clears throat> no, I was on time. I just was waiting for you. I could have showered. Are I you kidding me? I could have done all those things. You know what? You tried to lie at the end of the last podcast last week, too. And we had an argument. I'm not going to do it this week. You're not going to put words in my mouth that okay. I did not. You're okay. the one that said we were going to meet at 9.30 to report. And it is 10.55. Yeah, a.m. You're a liar. You were such a bad liar. Oh my gosh. Uh, so speaking of, uh, since you don't want me to put words in your mouth, I know you have stories that you want to talk about. So why don't you bring them up? Yes, I have one that I want to talk about, which oddly enough goes hand in hand with what we've been talking about. Um, didn't plan that. I just, you know, this caught my eye when I was reading it. Once again, from the New York Times, as I love, this one doesn't have one specific author. It's a series of letters and a series of opinion pieces. Um, it's called Do Religion and Science Clash or Coexist? So, you know, oddly enough, in line with what we've been talking about. It was published November 14th, so Sunday. To give you a brief overview about what the article, I think you can get most of it from the title, talking about whether or not you can use religion and science with each other or if they're opposing viewpoints. I've always said that I find it really weird if a scientist tells you that they are a Christian scientist, because those kind of things, those things are kind of antithetical of each other. So Christian is obviously, like I said, a faith-based knowledge system. So there's no empirical truth in it. And science is obviously an empirical-based truth system. Everything's observable, everything is verifiable, and everything is reproducible. And the problem with being a Christian scientist to me is that you kind of have to get rid of one of those two belief systems. You have to either believe that truths are verifiable and reconstructable and so on and so forth, or you believe that they are faith-based. Um, so I've always found that those two things kind of clash with each other. What do you think? I don't think they do. Why? I think, well, and I don't think they do because there are scientists that are capable of removing themselves. Like while, while even though they do say that they are, I don't think it's necessary to say you are just because, you know, but I also think it is on the other hand, because you can, you can say that, Hey, I'm Christian, but despite, despite what my entire faith mainly believes, I am choosing to believe this way. And even though I still do believe that God does this, this, and this, I also believe that he did this because of this scientific reason and explanation and this, this, and this. But what would the scientist proof of that be? It's not for me to understand. It's your opinion. <laughs> yes, but it's not it's not for me to understand because like like I don't I I don't know what their disproof would be and I don't know what that's a cop out. That is a cop out. Science is about finding truths that are exactly that they are truths. If you say that you were a religious scientist, you have to admit that you do not believe that truths are verifiable or that truths are the best explanation of information that we have at any given point. I don't think you can say that about a religion. So let's say you're a scientist 
Yeah. And you believe that God created the earth. If you believe in that religious belief, which is fine, I think, which is fine to believe that, I give it. But if you believe that God created the heavens and the earth, how would you verify that scientifically? I think that the Big Bang is a good jumping off point for that. I'm not, again, also, I just want to say, which is what I was trying to say before you yelled at me and said I'm speaking, um, (laughs) that these are our own views and thoughts and opinions. These do not reflect the college. They do not reflect anybody else on our podcast team. They reflect our views. We say that at the beginning. Yes, we do. But I just want to reiterate it here because it can be easily forgotten. I think that there is a way to like, you know, justify that with the Big Bang and the co like, like, you know, the religious text and what lines up there, like in the beginning, God created, like, you know, a deity is a deity, according to any religion. And the thought process behind that is we're, we're more religious this week instead, instead of political. I think every podcast we've done so far has had some sort of a theme. <laughs> <laughs> and um but i but i think that you know the the thought process there is you know if they are a deity and god is god is god is you know what is what one day to that deity in the in the expanse of creation could be a thousand years could be like you know like lining it up ge- like not why was i about to say geographically um on a cal on a calendar basis when god was in montana when god created montana <laughs> Like that, that's sort of the justification for it, you know? I believe that people have the capability to believe that God created the earth and that there is a scientific truth behind that. I just think those are two conflicting belief systems. If you say that God created the heavens and the earth, again, that's fine. That's a view I respect. I'm not judging that specific belief. But if you say that, to me, as a scientist, your job would be to find some sort of justification or some sort of proof at the very least to prove that that God existed. That's why I think there's a clash between the two. No, I think I agree. Um, and, and and there's more I want to talk about. But before before we get into that, I think we should take a little break, a little breaky break, you know, collect our thoughts uh, and listen to this really cool, this really cool ad about the GHC Student Support Services. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Civil Discourse. Damien and I are having such a great time making it for you. We hope you are enjoying the heck out of it. But before we continue on with the episode, I just wanted to remind you that our episode of today's Civil Discourse is brought to you by your very own GHC Student Support Services. And in case you aren't already aware, they provide free academic career and personal counseling. You know, there's times where I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I was feeling really overwhelmed about transferring to a four-year university. I looked at the student support services portal um, on my GHC portal and noticed that there's academic advising ready for me to go, ready for me to talk to anybody I want to. And that's something that is hard for me to admit that I need help with. But once I was able to, I was able to find myself on the right path, getting what I needed to be successful going forward in the future. And I know they can help you guys too. So make sure you check it out. Again, that's on your student portal. It's the GHC student support services. They are here to help you. All right, now back to the episode. So I think it gets really interesting when we talk about these sorts of things. And I love that each week we kind of accidentally develop a theme without really realizing it. I think that, you know, it gets really heavy and hard to talk about when the other person isn't open or receptive to 
what you have to say about your own views, uh, which is why civil discourse was made. You know, it was made with the intent to have people on that have differing views that still differing views, but are still able to, you know, relate to each other and see where the divide comes from. And I think it's really interesting that we are still able to do that even after having this discussion. Yeah. I love being friends with people I disagree with. Yes. Because I think living in an yes, I think living in an echo chamber where the only opinions you hear are ones you agree with is very boring. I don't want to do that. That's why I used to say so much that civil discourse can happen anywhere. It can happen on the street. It can happen in your backyard. It can happen, you know, at the grocery store. It just all depends on what you make of it as a person and what it what it brings to you as like a whole. Yeah, I think I think that's all I have for this week. But, you know, we, we talked so much. Uh, let's do a little bit of a wrap up. What do you have going on this week after this? Um, Thanksgiving. I'm going home for Thanksgiving to spend time with my family for the first time since I've been here. I'm more than anything looking forward to somewhat of a break from school because I'm exhausted this time of year. No, fair enough, fair enough. I have a break, but I have some catching up to do on some schoolwork. And, uh, you know, working retail, you don't really get that much of a break. You get to go home, you get to work, you get to work, you get to work, you get to work. And then when you're done working, you get to um, go to bed for two minutes and then clock in at work. Yes, uh, clock in for your 30-minute shift with a 72-hour extension. You know something? We're done. End it. (laughs) Um, As always, Damien, thank you so much for doing this podcast with me. I love and support you. You are one of my best friends, and I could not do this without you. Yeah. Well, I think that just about does it. Uh, Thank you so much, guys, for listening this week. And we want to thank you for listening every week. And as always, have a great one. We'll see you next time. Bye.